We're on a mission from God. Wendy? So I got that going. Darling? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I am a human being. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Welcome to Vintage Video, where we're rewatching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Death Ship on March 7th, 1980. It was written by John Robbins, based on a story by Jack Hill and David P. Lewis, directed by Alvin Rakoff, or Rakoff, and released by Avco Embassy Pictures, who did The Fog previously, and black marble if it comes out <laughs> in time for us to review the film was scripted by cult director jack hill and david p lewis but attributed to john robbins for canadian movie business reasons of course another canadian tax shelter yes um i i will say that i know we usually get into the crew stuff later but sure um when i was looking up what other things jack hill wrote two years prior he wrote a movie just called the bees that sounds amazing. And all the IMDb screen grabs are just amazing. <laughs> I was like, I have to see this movie. Well, that reminds me of how I want to watch uh, from when time ran out, The Swarm. I have to okay. check that out, which is so, also about killer bees. Yeah, it's a so disaster I'll do film. a swarm and the bees uh, double, double feature. feature. That'd be amazing. This IMDb trivia point confused me, so maybe you guys can take a guess as to what it means. The make and model of the derelict, mysterious, black, flying, Dutchman-like death ship was a deserted German World War II freighter, which had once been used as a Kriegsmarine prison ship for torturing. So is that just talking about the plot in the movie, or was this literally also a, an actual torture ship? Um, I'm hoping it's the former. Yeah, because the trivia piece makes it sound like, Oh, not only was it a torture ship in the movie, the make and model was actual torture ship. <laughs> Which is strange. One of their torture line. Yeah. Like, it makes it seem like they had a line of boats that were specifically for that purpose. It could be like a poltergeist scenario where they got real skeletons because it was just cheaper. It's just cheaper to get a real torture ship than yes. to get a ship and make it a torture ship. Exactly. Is that a true fact? I know I've heard that trivia about the buying the skeletons... Because yeah. they were cheaper than research skeletons. Props. Yeah, or cheaper than props. That's what they say. That's what yeah. that leads to the poltergeist curse. Well, it's also a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All the bones in that room were supposedly actual human bones that they ordered from the Philippines. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah. Horrifying. No, no questions asked. They yeah. come from the Philippines. Oh, um, this is the first film of Saul Rubinick and the last film of Sally Ann Howes. Mm -hmm. We start with this empty ship that suddenly springs into action in the middle of the ocean somewhere yeah various parts of the engine are just whirring into motion mm -hmm. because it's suddenly realized that there's something nearby to crash into yeah and and i'm reasonably sure that this engine room is not the engine room of this ship right because it looks it's much newer yeah <laughs> it looks like they got an actual old diesel ship engine room to to shoot in yeah, I don't think that the rusty ship they shoot on for the rest of the film would have been lubricated enough for these functions. For the beginning, it's really it was really confusing for me because they cut a they cut back and forth between like inside the ship, outside the ship, 
outside another ship. But I didn't realize that there was more than one ship going on in the scene. I was yeah. like, man, this stock footage is really terrible. Like, they really haven't matched the ships well because this <laughs> ship looks nothing like the other yeah. stock footage of the ship. But, I, you know, I realize now that, they, you know, it took me a while to realize. I think you had to point it out to me that there was more than one ship being footage being cut together here. Yeah. And they were implying that one ship was barreling towards the other. Well, there's a lot of weird editing where you get quick flashes of stuff that's going to happen later. Yeah. So, like, while we're watching the ship, we keep getting flashes of the actual cruise ship and then back to the the ghost ship. And all the ship. establishing shots of the cruise ship are from really far away, and they're super shaky and, like, sideways. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, not even clear that they're trying to introduce a second ship yet. Uh, on board the cruise ship, uh, the captain is being called away from the bridge, uh, to go visit a Halloween party. Yeah. And he's pretty upset about it because he wants to just be the captain of the ship, but he has to do all this dumb, like, PR stuff and interact with all the guests. He wants to be the captain of a real ship and not a party boat. Right. And uh, he's also, this is like his final trip, basically. He's about mm-hmm. to hand over the reins to this other captain that's like a captain in waiting, basically. Yeah. Uh, I really was hoping that the Halloween aspect of this would play more into the movie. Yeah. Like two people would be stuck wearing like a genie and gorilla costume for the entire <laughs> film. Or or just like like it had something to do with the fact that it was Halloween night or something like that. But apparently right. it doesn't. It's not the like the fog. Maybe it did. I don't know. Well, I, I think the, at the, by the end of the movie, we get a different. Yeah. Oh, I guess you're right. You're yeah. right. Well, that's for Dia de los Muertos. So. Oh, it's gearing up. At this Halloween party, a couple of kids are arguing about when their bedtime is supposed to be because they just want to stay up at the party. A genie and an ape man sneak off to make out in mm-hmm. uh, one random room of the ship. Uh, the bridge notices that there is another incoming ship on the radar. And when we see this radar footage, it's actually from the 1976 King Kong movie. Yeah. They just flipped it horizontally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when we see a ship on the radar, it's just footage from... Uh, King Kong 1976 and the captain is called back onto the bridge he's like shit talking all the people at this party within the earshot of them because mm-hmm. he doesn't like being there and they're driving him crazy um, and the the first officer and his wife are like offended to hear him talk like this in front of everybody especially his kids yeah the evasive maneuvers fail when they're trying to avoid getting hit by this ship basically the whole thing goes down really fast yeah like I, I was totally confused as to what was happening. Yeah. Because you see all these people all over the ship, like, reacting to the impact. But, and and I see, like, you know, like, the, this room filling up with water. And people right. it's like, okay, well, it's going to, like, this is going to be about them, like, on the boat for a while. Like, while it's going down and things like that. It was like, nope. <laughs> nope. Next yeah. scene. Act Hard one cut. is going to be <laughs> trying to get to the top. It's going to be, like, the whole second two-thirds of Titanic getting yeah. to the top of the ship. Yeah. and no. They no. just straight up cut to a life raft full of people. Yeah. yeah. But in the, in the uh, ensuing madness, like we see the, the bottom of the ship is getting flooded. This giant piano falls from one deck down to a lower deck mm-hmm. inside the ship. But that's also a clip from a different film. It's from a 1960 film called The Last Voyage. So they're just that's recycling funny. a lot of footage here. Yeah. I was actually impressed by that I shot. was too. <laughs> and then I read the IMDb trivia and I was like, oh, they didn't actually do that. Okay. When we cut to these people... I was like, these people were in different parts of the ship. Right. How Two did... of them were completely naked also. Yeah. And and how did they 
not get anybody else out when they were all in different locations. Like the whole bridge crew didn't make it. Yeah. And not anyone, a single other person at this party made it. Yeah, you wonder if there weren't more scenes for this and they just weren't happy with the way that the ship looked sinking. So they were mm-hmm. just like, you know what, let's just cut to everybody on the lifeboat. Because you watch something like the Poseidon Adventure and it's a similar situation where this disaster happens during a party. Right. But everyone from the party is still there. Right. <laughs> like they, they don't all just die. Well, they do, but but then <laughs> one but, at a time, slowly over the course of several acts. Yeah, well, no, well, most of them die right then because the that the 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 ceiling gives way, right. and the room starts flooding. And while they're all trying to climb up onto the, the Christmas tree, Christmas tree, yeah. yeah. But uh, but that makes sense. Like we kind of get to see it. Just I, I can't Does imagine. Does sense? <laughs> I, sure. I can't imagine just no one else. Everybody was at the party. <laughs> yeah, it was a very popular party. The only two people who weren't at the party. Were the ape man and the genie, but somehow they made it on the lifeboat. Mm. It was a wish. Yeah, <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> but yeah, so there's basically eight survivors. Um, you have the two kids, uh, the new captain and his wife, the parents of the kids, the professor and Mary. <laughs> yeah, the band leader somehow made it, but none of the band. Mm-hmm. The ape and the genie, and then a widow, who we were introduced yeah. to earlier, and then suddenly. A ninth survivor just rises from the depths. Yeah. Like, we've seen several wide shots of this raft floating around, and there's nobody on the surface of the water nearby. So this guy was completely submerged for, like, probably multiple minutes Mm -hmm. before he comes up here. And it's the captain. And they're able to drag him up into the ship. The captain is being played by George Kennedy here. And uh, almost as soon as they get him on board, they notice the ghost ship. Or the death ship, as the title would have you refer to it. It, yeah. it is technically a ghost ship. Yeah, I mean, I keep, I keep every time I put it in my notes, it's ghost ship, and I realize <laughs> that that's not what the movie's called. Well, it might as well be, um, because it is about a ghost ship, and uh, the poster looks the same as the poster for ghost ship. Yeah, and it's the same basic premise as ghost ship, except for in that one, I think they were just trying to strip it for parts they didn't lose their original boat right but there was a party on that boat too right that's where everyone gets cut by that cable yes um i don't remember was that like an because it's new year's in poseidon adventure right it's christmas it's christmas in poseidon? It new year's? well they have remember. a christmas tree but but you have a christmas tree at the end of the year might I can't have, remember. it might have been new year's it's been a while since i've seen that one but yeah there's another party and a bunch of people get sliced real good. That's the best scene of Ghost Ship. So once you pass that, you don't mm-hmm. need to watch the rest. Well, that's like the first scene of Ghost Ship. Yep. <laughs> I think we made that point on the ever podcast. Yeah, it's, it's like, the only part that we remember. <laughs> you don't need to wait for Juliana Margulies to show up. That movie's over. <laughs> so uh, they start shouting to this empty boat. Um, and they think that a platform has been lowered for them to climb up. But it was on the other side of the ship. So it might have been down this entire time. Right. And they go over to it and climb on board. The kid has been holding in. He's had to go pee since before their ship sank. And so now he decides he's just going to pee on the deck of the ship instead of off of it into the water. (laughs) And his sister's like, what are you doing? Like all upset with him. Uh, Because he just runs off. Right. This kid, well, these kids run off a lot. Yeah, but he wanted privacy to pee. I get that. But go to the side of the ship, like on the other side, and then pee off into the water. Don't just like stand on the deck and pee on the deck. But the last three people out of the boat are the other two adult men carrying the captain who is basically mm-hmm. incapacitated. But as they're going up the stairs, they collapse off the side of the ship and everybody falls back into the water. The girl that was wearing a genie costume before runs 
to toss like a rope ladder down for mm-hmm. them. And apparently, even though he couldn't, like he had to be carried up the stairs, but he can climb a rope ladder to get back on yeah. the boat. Then the ship just starts dumping oil. Yeah, I couldn't tell what that was. If it was like literally sewage, sewage or yeah. something. But they're trying to climb up the ladder and the ladder is just hanging down over this pipe that's just dumping this black brown sludge in their faces. Suddenly ropes from above the deck like form a little slipknot and snag the band leader. Yeah, Jackie. Yeah, and they basically take him it drags him over the side of the ship and then dips him in the water upside down so like he can't he can't breathe. It's like it's waterboarding him basically. Yeah, he he he's just underneath the water enough where he can't be buoyant. So he can't But he like, can't pull his head up out of the water. Right. Yeah. Um and then the ship starts running while it's got him over the side of the the boat and then it pulls him really really high up as as high as the crane will go on the top of the ship and then just drops him into the water which he survives right he survives that but then is he sucked into the engines or is he just drowned well, because the, the ship going leaves full, him behind? full speed i think that the waves just suck him under yeah yeah but it would have been a great thing just to see like blood coming from the wake or something right like yeah. some kind of i was like oh i was like he's not dead i was like he was gonna he's gonna like grab something or yeah at this point i was convinced that falling into the water was the safest you could be because <laughs> at least there's still a raft out there yeah like you can swim to that it might take you a while because the ship started moving but but yeah i it's kind of implied that he's already dead here which is the end of our uh the appearance of saul rubinick in this movie <laughs> he's done for um so now we're down to eight survivors <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at my note. They look around the ship, but it's abandoned and old. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, for some reason, crowded with spider webs, which I was like, would there be spiders on this ship if I it's mean, out in the middle of the ocean? Like, what would what are they subsisting off of? Each other. But then what do they do? Like, they just eat the spider poop and then... They, they, they breed more baby spiders and eat those spiders. I guess there is some food on this boat, but we find it much later in the film. I, there might be bugs in the o- middle of the ocean. I've never really hung out there. Are there bugs in the middle of the ocean? Richard, you're the man to ask. <laughs> my ears at sea. <laughs> I mean, birds fly long distances over water. There's got to be something. I guess they eat the fish. Maybe the maybe the uh, spiders are fishing. <laughs> that would be cool. Casting spider web nets. I guarantee you there's video of a spider fishing somewhere on, on YouTube. Um, There's that one spider. We're gonna find a picture of it, put it up on the Instagram. Well, well, well there, there is <laughs> no, that one not. spider that builds nets in its arms and holds it there and wait for bugs to crawl underneath, and it drops down and catches them in this net. That sounds a lot like what they did to the band leader. Maybe spiders <laughs> are running this show. Um, on the above deck, uh, random disembodied voices are speaking to the captain mm-hmm. in in German, which is already scary. Just disembodied german voices are frightening to me maybe that's just my own personal yeah. racism um we get we get a line from one of the kids it's like mommy i'm frightened yeah it's like i don't know if like a little kid would be saying frightened that's I, what it says on the page <laughs> a hook bashes one of the guys in the in the back oh, of the head yeah. but apparently doesn't kill him but it knocks him through a bunch of like wood stuff and what's crazy is when he finally stumbles back to everybody, like he doesn't tell anyone, by the way, I have a serious head injury. Yeah, don't let me go to sleep. <laughs> by the way, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm real tired. <laughs> it's been a day. They uh, they decide that they're going to continue to explore the ship since they can't find anyone. But 
they will all be safe as long as they stay together. So then everyone splits up. <laughs> um, the kid tries to drink like straight up black water. Yeah. Like he turns on a faucet and it's just this gross. <laughs> like the same st- sewage that was dumping over the side of the yeah. ship before. And he just pours it into a glass and brings it up to his lips and the lady has to slap it out of his hands like, No, no, darling. Don't drink that. What are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> we have to boil this. Also, you should be able to see through it. Yeah. Water's not supposed to be opaque. Uh, the genie lady, uh, <laughs> whose name I'm forgetting. Lori. Lori is the character's name. Uh, she finds the source of some music, which is a record player in like this music room. And uh, she turns it off and walks away and it starts playing again. And uh, suddenly all the doors on the ship are like shutting and locking magically. Mm-hmm. Which is very uh, House on Haunted Hilly. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of... Um... Uh, I call it the, like the flea circus, the John Hammond flea circus kind of effect, where sure. things are just moving but very awkwardly because it's obviously like being pulled by little strings or little mechanics. Right. So, so it just doesn't seem to have any kind of natural movement. Yeah, but they want it to seem like oh, it's just a coincidence that all these doors close. Like you don't know for sure that it was ghosts mm-hmm. because maybe they just maybe the doors just closed and locked. Um, but the record player just keeps restarting the music over and over. They find a small like movie theater on the ship, which is it's playing this 1936 film called Everything Is Rhythm, mm-hmm. which has some pretty neat visual effects in it. It's yeah. like all these comps of like a tiny man dancing on a piano while it's being played. The widow uh, waiting in like the the hospital area of the ship decides that she's going to take some medicine. Or something. No, or I don't think it's medicine. I think they're peppermints. They're little candies. Oh, okay. Well, whatever it is, it doesn't sit well with her. She um, she tries to watch the movie and then her face falls apart. It gets all bubbly. And gray. Yeah. Um, she looks like very zombified. Mm-hmm. And she tries to move around the ship. but She's, uh, got, she, the, she's got the gray scale. She, yes, exactly. <laughs> but there's no Jorah here. Or Jorah's the one who had it. What's, what's the guy? Is it Sam? Yeah. fixed it mm-hmm. but uh she collapses in front of the captain begging for his help and then in a vision he sees like a nazi sailor in front of him yeah. who he strangles to death with both hands <laughs> the implication being that he's killing this woman which is probably for her own benefit yeah uh while this is going on marshall and nick are kind of wandering around the ship and they find the the chart room which is just has like all the charts drawn in circles yeah um, and in the engine room, all the the engines are running, but all the gauges read zero. Right. So there's no visual proof that the ship is even moving. Yeah. Well, and there's no fuel in any of the tanks in theory. Right. So they're like, Where, why? how are we moving? When they come back to the room where the captain strangled the widow, he says that she had a seizure and passed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they proceed to bury her at sea. The woman was Mrs. Morgan. And uh, he reads from like a book of prayers yeah german a german bible yeah suddenly the captain is basically straight up possessed by nazi ghosts yeah and challenges marshall the the new captain to pilot the ship they're they're standing by the wheel and he's like you try and do it and he tries to move (laughs) the wheel and it won't move at all and he's like yeah it's I could do this. It's no problem. And he does it with like two fingers, just kind of barely touches it. And the wheel just spins. Because I'm a real captain and you're not. Right. He's also now donned the German captain uniform, which fits him perfectly. Yes. The genie and the ape man get a room. They decide that they're going to start making out again. Um, So they go find a room. The captain is hallucinating or 
uh, psychically visualizing something that might may happen later mm-hmm. um, of uh, Lori completely covered in blood and the ape man guy just kind of freaking out on the floor like he's on a bunch of drugs and yeah. panicking. Uh, the kids are looking for a bathroom again because this little kid constantly needs to pee yeah, he's got because the... he can't help but drink all the water that he finds regardless <laughs> of how dark it is. And he's got a bladder the size of a hummingbird. Yes. Or a hummingbird's bladder. Yeah, that's better. That's actually better. It's in the shape of a hummingbird, weirdly. <laughs> it's really sharp on one side. Uh, Lori decides she's going to take a shower, but as soon as she gets into the stall, the shower door locks, and the faucet turns on, and it's just spraying blood all over her. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite IMDb trivia. For yeah, I made a note of it, too. Uh, for, for whatever reason, someone thought that it was necessary to put... The blood in the shower was fake. The breasts are real. <laughs> like, yes, that that was my first question when yeah. this was happening. I was like, I don't know about the blood, but... I'm sure they used real blood, right? I'm going to have to look it up. But I think it's funny because in that scene, she actually shouts, It's blood! It's blood! Like it's. So it, you would just assume it's rusty water if you were in there. I guess, yeah. I guess. But she has to shout it out so that we all understand that it's blood. blood. Right. Well, <laughs> Blood has a very specific smell. I'm sure I was going to say know. taste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how Kubrick got away with the bloody elevators in the Shining trailer. Was that he was like, oh no, it's just rusty water. And they were like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's and fine. he's like, it's, it's not, it's blood. Okay. <laughs> it was a horse. <laughs> I knew it. I was just about to say it. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Nick is trying to get her out. But can't, and so he he decides to leave her. Bye. But he goes, Lori, don't give up. <laughs> well, that's encouraging, at least. I was sure this scene was going to end with her just drowning. Right. In the totally in the because it's, it gets to the point where it's like three or four inches deep, and I was like, is this literally just going to bleed on her until she drowns in blood? That would, that would be, be amazing. That would be perfect. And then they open the door, and her body just spills out into the room. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happens. I'm pretty happy with what happens instead, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, the girl of the two children wanders into the radio room and everything is blaring German music at the same time as Lori is like spinning and getting covered in blood in the shower and freaking out uh, the captain finds both of the kids and takes them to their father but he, he looks really creepy while he's walking them back and he's just like th- basically shoves them down the hall yeah. towards their dad the ape man comes down and he says Oh, we got to get up to Lori. She needs help. And he tells Marshall, like, you got you got to help me. I can't get the door open. So they turn around to leave. But when they come back, the captain's already got her body out of the yeah. shower stall. And she's still covered in blood. And he's just carrying her naked body. And he walks to the edge of the ship and goes, Unto Almighty God, we commend her soul. And we commend her body to the deep. And just throws her overboard. <laughs> Which is just like totally ridiculous. We had to look it up too because I was like, "Is it, is it commend? commend?" I feel like he should have said condemn? we we condemn or well, yeah, I guess condemn was not good. But but then we we googled it and literally I got as far as we we commend and the first response was like his soul to the deep and I was like, oh, "Okay, so that's just a that's an actual prayer that people say when you throw." We recommend his soul for the deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we put it to you, your judges. <laughs> So he throws her bloody body overboard. Um, <laughs> and hits Sal Rubnik. Yeah. Ow! I'm still down Because here. this boat is not actually moving. Marshall and Nick 
uh, find the swastika room with all the Hitler paintings, <laughs> which they like kept in one specific I was area of the say, ship. I like how they concentrated it all in one place. <laughs> yeah. The it, Nazis it, were good at concentrating. Yes. <laughs> then they move into like the next room down this terrible passageway. Um, and it's like a dentist's office kind of, mm-hmm. but like a reverse dentist where instead of putting gold teeth in your mouth, they take them out mm-hmm. and fill a drawer with them. <laughs> God. So they just find this, and it's pretty obvious the second you pull the drawer out, like, oh, what is this? Oh, it's a bunch of uh, human teeth uh, mm-hmm. that have gold crowns. But the guy still grabs like a handful of them. And he's like, hmm, what are these? And then when the guy says, uh, they're teeth, and then he's like, oh my God, and he drops them back into the drawer. It's like, why did you touch them? They're clearly teeth. They pull out the next drawer over and it's full of watches, just gold watches. Um, and then they move into the next room, which is full of a bunch of tortured skeletons. Yeah, oh my uh, god. One of them is like a guy that literally just got left in this bucket of water like up to his face. So it's a skeleton now, obviously, but it's been soaking in this water so much that all the flesh probably just washed off of it. There's another person who's like bent over backwards with the top half of his head underwater yeah, it's like one of those drinking birds where yeah. like he keeps coming back up but then <laughs> it's exactly like one of those drinking birds <laughs> oh my god it'd be the sickest office decoration <laughs> but yeah there's just corpses all over this room and they're all screaming yes um they move back to the movie room where it's now just playing like a bunch of hitler speeches and nazi propaganda mm-hmm. and marshall is trying to rip the projector off of the stand that it's on and nick runs over nick is the ape man he runs over and he tries to pull down the screen that it's projecting on but every time he pulls down one screen there's another screen behind it yeah he gets through like three or four of them it was was actually pretty like upsetting this whole scene is really upsetting yeah because even though we see marshall like ripping the projector back and forth and just wrenching it free from the stand the picture isn't moving off of the wall at yeah. all and and then he, he's standing and projecting on him and you see him wanting to like almost rip himself apart yeah he starts digging at his chest and and oh by the way he's bare chested like but no shirt for like the rest of this movie yeah he's just running around without a shirt on nick lunges forward at what is i guess a vision of the captain and basically like suddenly he's on on the deck of the ship he's not in the theater room anymore Mm -hmm. and he's jumping to it to tackle the captain but he ends up falling into this pit that's full of bodies that was on the that was on the deck of the ship that they just didn't notice before and uh the captain like pulls up a net around him and squeezes him in with all these corpses and just drops him back into the water yeah marshall the krenna character richard krenna here's the captain asking for the blood of his wife and children he says that he's going to give their blood to the ship because the ship needs blood the ship needs blood marshall marshall basically stabs the captain to death in the dining room very suddenly yeah it's like finally yeah take some initiative it's weird that no one's like even like just tied him to a chair this whole time he's been just wandering around the ship killing people but then he rushes uh his family into a freezer that's basically full of soldiers yeah, and I couldn't tell, are these the crew of the ship? The former crew? Or more prisoners? Or yeah, more prisoners. I, I don't know. Because like, they all had, like, some of them had life preservers on, some of them had, like, aviation goggles on. Maybe they were about to abandon the ship and he killed a bunch of people or something, yeah, like it, the crazy captain. But either way, he, he they get all the way up to the door of this freezer, and then he sees what's inside, and then he's like, oh, keep the kids out here. We can't go in here. But he goes in and he grabs all the supplies that he needs to build a raft from inside this freezer. 
Um, and then he runs back to the deck um, and he drops the anchor of a clearly not moving boat. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the captain, who he didn't stab to death apparently, he just stabbed multiple times, yeah. is firing a gun at them. The mom basically throws the kids overboard. Mm-hmm. It was very like drastic the way she does it because you think like, oh, she's going to like talk them down slowly and she's like, well, as soon as they're wearing a life jacket on and they're on the side of the ship, she just shoves them in the back till they fall off into the water. Um, yeah, it's a it's a ship full of Nazi ghosts. I think she has every right to get them off as quickly as possible. <laughs> I know. I just feel like I might have been slightly more gentle. But um, maybe not. Maybe I would have been even meaner. Find Lori's corpse. You can use it as a life. put this vest on when you get in the water later. <laughs> um, the captain is back and grabs the mother before everyone can get off of the boat. And uh, Marshall basically jumps the captain. He, he's shooting at them. He, he gets, like, knocked around. And now he's freaking out because, like, the ghost crew is not obeying his commands. Right. So when he goes down to the engine room to start, like, like yelling at his crew and yeah. shooting his gun like he's, like, firing warning shots at them, that's when he falls off and gets caught in the, in the gear work. And it's a pretty, like, gruesome thing, man. George Kennedy has, like, a good like sense of humor or not sense of humor but like he gets what he, what they're doing yeah and like so he's like he's really leaning good. into it real yeah. good but it's it's a very slow grinding of his hand through this gear but they they get off the ship essentially yeah they all, they all get off the ship he gets ground up in the gears they get spotted by a helicopter yeah. a ghost helicopter no oh yeah <laughs> they get on board it's the ghost guard <laughs> <laughs> that's good but yeah they uh they leave with the helicopter and then we get the implication from inside the ship that it's all sputtering to life again because it's planning on ramming another boat. Mm-hmm. And they use the same footage again. Yes. The same footage that they used excessively at the beginning. I swear to God, if you cut out all of the... Uh, repeat like, footage. Yeah, the repeat footage and like the crappy found footage that they used of boats, this movie would be a good 15 minutes shorter. Yeah, and it's already like an hour and a half long and it moves really quickly. I mean, the the cruise ship is sunk already in the first, like, 10 or 15 minutes of yeah. the movie. So, the director, Alvin Rakoff, uh, this was his second-to-last feature before Dirty Tricks in 1981. The writer, John Robbins, not a lot on his IMDb page. Yeah. Probably because he wasn't the actual writer of the film, and that was just a, a fake credit. Uh, story by credit was given to Jack Hill and David P. Lewis, as a consolation prize for having actually written the script. (laughs) Jack Hill, this was his last credit. Uh, He worked a lot with Roger Corman on stuff. Uh, He wrote Spider Baby and uh, a couple classic blaxploitation films, Coffee and and Foxy Brown. David P. Lewis uh, wrote on the TV series Planet of the Apes, which might be where he got the mask. Yeah. Um, And he also wrote on Columbo. Um, The Captain Who Goes Crazy was George Kennedy, as Captain Ashland. Yeah, a legend. Yes. I think, for me, he's always been uh, Ed Hawken from the Naked Gun movies. Yeah. But... Uh, I recognized him more from Cool Hand Luke, which right. we watched he was relatively recently. And I also recently watched Charade, and he was one of like the, the sort of bumbling oafs that are going after uh, Audrey Hepburn yeah. in that movie. Right. Yeah, he's in the airport movies. Yes. Uh, he, he's just a well-known character actor, so he does, you know, he does TV. Uh, did TV, sorry. Uh, but yeah, he, he was in everything. Uh, uh, I also remember he was the voice of the head of the studio in Cats Don't Dance. <laughs> I don't know Cats Don't Dance. No, you don't know? Scott Bakula, 
uh, about animals. It's it's about race in Hollywood, but it's done with animals. So like Zootopia. Yeah, but but there are human actors too. <laughs> but but good. No, actually, I don't yeah. know. I haven't seen it. Castle Dance is wonderful. Richard Crenna was Trevor Marshall, the yeah. uh, captain in waiting. I think he's probably best known as Colonel Troutman from the Rambo movies. Um, and he basically came back to play the same character in Hot Shots Part Two, Which is amazing. <laughs> it's, I mean, he has a different name. He's Colonel Walters. But he's playing a parody of himself in the Rambo movies. Yeah, but he's also playing... His, his name is, is Denton Walters. But he played a character named Walter Denton in a show called, I think, Aramis Brooks way back in the day. Because <laughs> uh, he's, he's an old actor, obviously. Right, I mean, yeah. Because uh, he was on The Real McCoys, which is like his big, the big show that he was on. Yeah. Um, but one of his last roles he did is, I don't know, I would, I would never call it probably one of his great roles, but I would say it was the role he was born to play, where he plays Ronald Reagan in the movie The Day Reagan Was Shot. Right, directed like, by our friend, yeah. Cyrus Narasta. And, uh, but I was like, yeah, because he looks exactly like Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> he was also most likely the inspiration for Powers Booth's uh, Colonel Jim Faith in yeah. the Gruber movie. But yeah, he's, he's great. I've always liked him and stuff. And uh, Nick Mancuso plays Nick. He is this <laughs> real name, the Ape Man. Uh, he played Tom Breaker in both of the Under Siege movies. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know much about Under Siege One. Under Siege Two, I know a the lot. One, about. That's the one on the train, right? Yeah. Under Siege is the submarine, and, and yeah, two. So, is the train. so he must have been someone on the ship because I seriously doubt he was in both. Because they cut to a scene on the ship. I thought he would have been one of Seagal's handlers. In order to have mm. made it from the first film to the second right, film. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he has as much play right. in the second one. Sally Ann Hawes was uh, Margaret Marshall, the widow. Mm-hmm. She played Truly Scrumptious in yeah, Chitty did. Chitty Bang Bang. Um, this was her last film, we said before. She was also uh, Fiona McLaren in Brigadoon. Yeah. But uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I think it's important to mention that uh, it, it's a favorite of, of ours because it's of uh, James Bond. Right. As far as Ian it Fleming's was work. Ian Fleming's book that Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay for. Yes. And the, which they worked together previously. Uh, so the second for time they Live collaborated. Live and Let Die, yeah. right? Uh, you Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice. Yeah, right. which was an Ian Fleming book that Roald Dahl also yes. adapted. So I just think it's funny. It was imagining Ian Fleming and Roald Dahl like, hanging Being out friends, together. But, yeah. <laughs> And one is like clearly like a kid's family movie, and the other one, it feels it feels like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is Ian Fleming trying to write a Roald Dahl book. Yeah. <laughs> so and he says, "Let me show you how it's done." Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Reed was Sylvia, um, that is the the wife of uh, the captain in waiting. She was Doctor Ruth. Leave it in the Andromeda Strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Grace in Atlantic City, and linda loman in the uh dustin hoffman version of death as a salesman which she got a golden globe nomination for um laurie was actress victoria burgoyne and she plays sabine in a movie called ghosts can't do it (laughs) have you you seen that trailer before no oh man we well we had to watch the trailer for that yeah i had to stop the movie to show jess because she hadn't heard of it you know what pull it up right now and I'll it for you. <laughs> because the ghosts can't do a trailer is magical i have a computer right here you know i can just go ahead google it ghosts can't do it it's got bo derrick and when you think of the title ghosts can't do it it is exactly what yes. you think there's never means. been a more literal title <laughs> than ghosts can't do bo it knows how to live and most important of all, Bo knows how to love. I just want you to 
Remember all the good times. That's every single second. But there's one small problem. Cotton, you think you're having a heart attack? Honey, I'm not people. I'm just... Oh, God, Anthony Quinn, no. Yeah. Bono's Ghosts Can't Do It. Starring Hollywood's Ultimate Ten, Bo Derek, and two-time Oscar winner, <laughs> Anthony Quinn. <laughs> I'm done. It's an unconventional <laughs> love story that shows Bo knows amorous and Bo knows adventure and Bo knows how to get it. You know what he wants? He wants to possess your body. You know, you have a nice head of hair. <laughs> It'd be nice to have that again. I prefer you possessed it. Bo Derek and Anthony Quinn in Ghosts Can't Do It. Welcome back! Now available on video cassette. <laughs> I think that trailer is so ridiculous because it they, they use keep using the phrase Bo knows and it's like you, you can't just use the name of your actor in your slogan for your movie when right. that's not the Bo name Jackson. of your character. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's it's a parody of the Bo Jackson commercials where they were like Bo knows basketball, Bo knows baseball, Bo knows football. But it's like, you're right. It doesn't make any sense when you're in a trailer using the actor's name instead of the character's name. Yeah. And it's also like they keep doing it for the whole... They do it like 12 times. And the premise feels like a Stuart Raffle movie. It's basically just Tammy and the T-Rex. Yeah. But, but with like, it's just Tammy and the random guy. <laughs> like instead of putting the brain... In a robotic T-Rex, they put it in some random swimmer guy they found. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a ridiculous movie that I can't believe exists. And poor Anthony Quinn. Yeah. Um, he must have needed the money. Saul Rubinick, we mentioned before, was Jackie, the band leader, mm-hmm. um, who got waterboarded briefly. Any number of character parts that he's played over yeah. the last couple of decades. I think my favorite, though, is Lee Donowitz in uh, True Romance. Yeah. Where he's basically playing the son of the inglorious bastard Donnie Donowitz mm-hmm. from Inglorious Bastards, played by Eli Roth. But he was also the Frenchman in the Buster Scruggs carriage segment. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, that, that was one of the better ones to me. Yeah, I really... I, I still really like Stephen Root in the pan shot. Yeah. <laughs> That was that That's one's great. Too. They're all pretty good. But uh, yeah, Saul Rubinick. I mean, he's been, he's been in TV shows. He's been in movies. He uh, also played Victor Dubinick in three episodes of Leverage. What season? I don't know what season. <laughs> I I mentioned that because Jess worked on Leverage for some of it. What you were four and five? Yeah. That's towards the end. Yeah. So the uh, part of the strangled sailor. Okay. <laughs> I didn't catch that credit. Uh, it was Andrew Semple uh, is his last name. And it's I was like... Lorenzo Semple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, so I started to like... Because I look up everybody just to see. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, this guy's still still very, very active. Um, he is an art department person. Work, he worked on uh, mostly as like painters, prop sculptors, and plasters and different, I guess... I'm assuming he's when it says plaster. I'm assuming he's making some kind of mock-up, but it, like some of these credits, like uh, Millennium, which is a great the TV show. No, no, the movie. Oh, okay, it was great. Uh, let's see, like the new version of like Rollerball, uh, Some of All Fears, Timeline, Day After Tomorrow, uh, Tron Legacy. Nice. Uh, and so I was like, oh yeah, this guy's really busy. Um, it's really odd that he played Strangled Sailor in yeah. Death Ship. Well, it's Saul Rubinick's barely in it, too. And I would say he's, like, at least working now, one of the biggest names in this thing. Yeah. 
Uh, so I just thought it was fun that that he's still very active, but not so much in the acting. He's just building props. Yeah, a lot of people move behind the camera. Um, what do you think, Jess? Up or down on this one? Uh, I don't think it's a must-watch, but I, 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 I think it's enjoyable if you like campy horror films. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it's okay. So overall, it's down. I'm not. Gonna, okay. I'm not going to recommend my you know average friend base. go watch this. But okay. it, but if if campy horror film type things is your thing, then you should. Okay, Richard. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a down too. I. I, I, I felt really nothing for this movie. Yeah, I, I didn't have any like appreciation for the camp or anything. I just, I like I like the people in it, and that's about it. I have to give it a down too because it doesn't really get started until the last third. Um, in terms of like what I wanted this whole movie to be, like the the ship sinking right away is good. They they get on board this this death ship very quickly, but then nothing gruesome happens until the blood shower. And then it gets completely insane from there. Yeah. But I would have liked for it to be crazier longer. Um, but yeah, I would say this is probably not not necessary viewing. Um, letterboxed. What are we doing here, Richard? Uh, I'm going to put this uh, just below To All a Good Night. Just below To All a Good Night. Okay. Yeah. What's that above? Fatso. Okay. Uh, I'm 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 close to that in in my positioning of it. Uh, I have it above to all a good night, but below windows. Okay, Um, I'm also going to put it below windows, but above to all a good night. So, seems like we all have very similar opinion of this movie. I think uh, it's just slightly better than to all a good night. (laughs) Yeah, because it has more gruesome weirdness to it. but yeah, I think that's fair. I think it also had more of a story to it. Like I it mean, did. just the whole—I wasn't expecting the whole Nazi ghost thing to happen. That was unexpected in the in the latter half of the movie, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think that's everything for this one. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd. Or as I said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at vintagevideopodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show. And if you take the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. So do that. We will do it. Uh, if you're feeling especially generous, you can support the show through patreon.com slash vintage video podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing a small circle of friends. That's the name of a movie. We won't be discussing a small circle of friends. We'll be discussing a small circle of friends, which IMDb describes as Harvard in the 1960s, a time of social upheaval and student unrest. Three students bond together, challenge the system, and begin to lose their ideals. We leave you now with the trailer for A Small Circle of Friends. the children of the 60s, living in an age of sexual revolution, fighting for a political revolution. I don't want to die in the DMZ. 
don't even know where it is. They shared their laughter, their love, and the vision of a generation. Three lives brought together by a moment in history. Karen Allen, Jameson Parker, and Brad Davis, a small circle of friends.